This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. The Boone County judge ruled in favor of a former lawmaker in his lawsuit to add his name to the Columbia Board of Education ballot for April's election. Now, the judge heard arguments over whether Chuck Basie, who tried to file before the state-mandated deadline but didn't follow district filing instructions, should be added to the ballot that has already been finalized by the school board. Well, the judge ultimately ruled the district broke the law by not allowing Basie to file. The district broke the law. ABC 17's Marissa Hollywood last night uh, in the news following word that Chuck Basie did indeed win that uh, win that case against the Columbia Public School District. The former state representative joining us on the show right now. Chuck, first of all, uh, congratulations. And I want you, you know the gig here. We just asked for complete honesty walking into that courtroom yesterday. We heard everybody from the Secretary of State, the, the state's top election officer, saying right here on this radio station that CPS is absolutely positively wrong to the point that if they had a good if they had a good attorney at the Columbia Public Schools, this probably would not have even gone this far. Did you ha- did you have some nerves going into the courtroom yesterday? You were nervous about how it was going to turn out. Uh, not necessarily how it was going to turn out. I, I was a little bit nervous. You know, I, you never know how it's going to, uh, you know, turn out in front of a, a court. But you know, I, I think the law was pretty clear the way I uh, read it uh, many, many times. And the, there's only one attorney that I had uh, heard uh, said that they they thought that the uh, the school district would prevail. That that one they the uh, district's attorney that was somebody else that i saw on social media but uh, you'd so many people uh attorneys said it was just clear cut and matter of fact i think uh, uh 70s uh law partner that uh, mark ellinger said it very clearly um a couple weeks ago when this was just starting to surface that it was pretty open and shut case so I, uh, I think brent hayden uh and his team uh the other young man that was with him is uh uh Caden Guyman, he's from Ashland. He, they just both did a fantastic job. I'm very proud of them. Uh, and that's the thing. Like everybody said, like, duh, why, why are you even pushing this? And I want to get your opinion. My take is the Columbia Public School. And who is the attorney, by the way, you saw on social media who said they thought the school district would want? I want to know that name. So I know um, to never hire them I, for anything because this was I, I, so I, simple. Yeah, I, I believe it was a uh, gentleman out of Jeff City. It was just a comment. Um, okay, I'm, uh, that's fine. Yeah, I think, I, I can't remember his last name. It's Tackett, I believe. He might have been a prosecuting attorney for a while. Uh, Steph, you probably remember. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, what about, do you think the Columbia Public School, I, I believe, uh, as a matter of fact, we got a statement from the Jaws of the school district yesterday. You know, we've consistently followed this law. I don't believe, if it were anybody other than Chuck Basie, I believe they would have made, uh, they, they would have made, uh, they would have made it possible. So, Everybody and their mother-in-law apparently knew this. This is cut and dried. Um, with that in mind, is the Columbia Public School District are they that inept? Are they that stupid? Or are they spiteful that they would push this? Which one is? It? Are they stupid or spiteful? 
I really don't know. I, I don't want to get into name calling, but, you know, I, I think they got very, very bad legal advice. This law firm is out of St. Louis, and, you know, the one they're using against Wayne Sells, I believe it's a law firm from Kansas City. I guess there's a shortage of lawyers here in mid-Missouri, so they have to go uh, to the outskirts of the state to get legal help. But um, I, I I can imagine this is going to be a huge legal bill for the, uh, the school district, but they kind of act like the federal government in a lot of uh, respects. They they think they have unlimited resources and uh, they waste money hand over, not just on legal fees on a lot of things. So um, they they definitely uh, they claim they want diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, you know the buzzwords nowadays. They sure don't want diversity of political opinion on that school board, and it's clear that that they fought so hard to keep me off the ballot. Uh, that that's the case and they sure didn't want me included in anything so um but um you know just look at what they've done to other conservatives they've cut the mic on marissa Hagler. Mm -hmm. they've uh in my opinion they've treated john potter fairly rudely on occasions mm -hmm. um they uh there was a local dentist i don't want to mention his name that um uh 20-year army veteran a very prominent dentist in, in columbia south columbia um, he had the audacity to go past the three-minute mark when he was trying to advocate for his children to get back in the classroom. They escorted that man out uh, with uh, the law enforcement that were present. It's just that kind of stuff that is unacceptable in today's society that they should not treat people that way. And I look forward to uh, getting on the ballot. It's going to be a tough race. It's, t it's tough to get elected in Columbia if you're conservative, yep. but I'm going to give it uh, my full effort. Obviously, uh, a former representative, Chuck Basie, uh, was in the courtroom yesterday um, sitting at the plaintiff's table, and I was in the uh, the courtroom. Um, there's one sentence here, folks, and I'm going to read it to you because this really, and it's one word in here specifically that sums this whole case up. Two-hour hearing, but it all boiled down to this sentence here. Quote, and I want you to listen carefully because it's very, very clear. There's one key word here. Quote, if the closing date for filing a declaration of candidacy for any office in a political subdivision or special district is not required by law or charter, comma, the closing filing date shall, emphasis mine, shall be 5 p.m., comma, the 14th Tuesday prior to the election, end of quote. Representative uh, Judge Jacobs made it very clear in his ruling, shall was the key word there. But he also said something else that has not gotten much media attention. He has given you a deadline of today, you and Mr. Hayden, to file a judgment. What can you tell us about that judgment? Well, I, I think the big contention, uh, I think you heard it, uh, Chapter 536.050, yep. is going to require the uh, school district uh, to pay the legal fees that uh, was... Uh, you know, that I encountered, it, it's, it's going to be substantial. They put a lot of work on this. He, Brent Hayden worked over the weekend uh, on this. He, he's got a lot of time. So this is uh, the staff, the other attorney, Mr. Guyton, uh, put a lot of effort in there. And I'm, I'm just so proud of um, uh, what they did. And if I end up having to pay for it, so be it. But, uh, you know, I think the school district should step up and, and take care of this. They were wrong, clearly wrong. And as you mentioned already multiple times this morning, they won't admit it. Uh, they never do. They, they never take responsibility for their terrible, inept actions. And one other, if I could point it out real quick, a, a little over a year ago, when the attorney general uh, issued the uh, the release about no more masking for children uh, because of the court case there in Jeff City, that same day they were some students showed up and right or wrong, they were escorting them kids out of two uh, Columbia high schools. 
were not wearing masks. Law enforcement, they were removing children out of high schools. And that same night, two different high schools in Columbia had packed arenas for high school basketball games. Not, not a, hardly a mask in sight in those two arenas. That's the kind of crap we need to put up. It's just terrible leadership at the school district. And, uh, I think Michelle Bombsart should re- uh, resign, find another job. And uh, Dr. Yearwood definitely needs to resign. And he I is, agree with uh, you. And, and, and these are yeah. personal things. These are for the benefit of the community. Dr. Yearwood needs to go. He's brought, I mean, it's not just this. It's a whole bunch of things. And I'll go back to when the whole government pandemic started three years ago. Government said, oh, we're going to shut down. And it was a common site, common site. There are photographs out there of Yearwood wanting all these kids to wear masks and do this and he would be, there was a restaurant uh, that he was at all the time going uh, maskless. Our guest uh, Chuck Basie this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Chuck, in your time at the Capitol, no secret that you bumped heads with the folks uh, across the aisle on so many education issues. I guess the question is, if you get on the ballot and get elected, can you even work with this school board? Well, I'm going to work with them. I, I, I think uh, depending on what happens with John Potter, I'm hoping he gets selected also. But I think there'll be an awful lot of um, uh, six to one votes, or if John's on there, it'll be five to two votes. But, but uh, that's the the process. But I will certainly have a voice. I'll be able to see some of the fine print, some of the financing, what they're paying for contracts, who they're hiring, who they're cutting loose, how they're treating people. Um, hear the conversations behind closed doors. And, um, you know, I think that that is what is not being heard right now. We have no idea what they're paying for these outside entities coming and train the teachers to teach this critical race theory nonsense. But uh, I fired off a couple of sunshine requests last night. I sent them out before and they denied them. Uh, said I want, they wanted me to pay for them, but we'll see what happens. I, wow. I really, uh, I think they're going to deny them again. And I, uh, I might uh, just fire off another lawsuit on, on them again. I'm, I'm really fired up about this. I'm sick and tired of the nonsense that's coming out of that uh, Aslan administration building. I think they're uh, entirely incompetent. Many people just um, they have no business being in the position they're in. It's run by a bunch of inept, uh, progressive-minded people. And they have no respect for the other side of um, political thought. And uh, it needs to stop. It needs to stop today. So, I mean, we've heard your call for wholesale leadership changes and more transparency. Other than that, what's on the Chuck Basie platform for school board? Well, they need to get back to the basics and focus on academics. Uh, The the Columbia Public Schools is doing a horrific job. Um, The the last scores, I I don't have them right in front of me right now. Just uh, And this has been declining since the mid uh, 2014 or so is when I started doing a nose drive. They're going to try and say it's COVID-related, but it's not. This has been happening, declining year after year after year. And they're they're failing these children when they go out into the world and try and make a living. These kids are, are not going to be prepared to be successful. And that's one thing you'll never hear them talk about is the poor academic scores. They brag about their graduation rates, but there's a big difference between graduating and being educated. And that's what we need to focus on and get away from all this other social uh, justice crap that they're trying to force down everybody's throats with this diversity, equity, inclusion stuff. Because it's not working. It, it, it won't work. And it needs to be out of the public school system uh, right away. 
Friday, I was at the Columbia Pachyderm meeting, and uh, somebody had brought in some charts, which is accessible to anybody uh, if you dig deep enough. But it shows the cost per student in the Columbia Public Schools and then their test scores uh, and kind of showing the average of like, hey, ideally, here's what it uh, should be. And it's nowhere near where it should be. And that's why they I agree. There's a lot of them, uh, especially the mouthpiece for the school district needs to go because of the frustration. Even today, we saw the response today after they law after a judge told them said yesterday of course, you, you broke the law uh there's still well the legislation's carry there's there's no ownership no ownership of uh of mistakes and it is a whole litany of things and i'm hopeful that parents that are even parents that want the woke and all this i hope even those parents will start to realize you know what uh dr brian yearwood he's bad not just for our schools for our kids for our taxpayers he's bad for the whole community he's got to go former state rep chuck uh, chuck basie and uh, ideally uh, a name we will see on the Columbia Public uh, Board of Education uh, as a candidate for the Columbia Public School Board of Education. Anything else you want to add before we let you go? No, I sure appreciate the time as always. I enjoy listening to your show and you guys do a wonderful job. Thank you so much. Right, Chuck Basie. Coming up just a few minutes from, uh, oh, by the way, yesterday we were talking. Who is the, the Tom Hanks is drinking champagne and he puts Coke in it. Well, it kind of happened by accident, and he said, you know, it's not bad. Now people are doing it on purpose and calling it cocaine. So I was telling Stephanie, because it's before her time, there was an old TV show back in the days, late 70s, early 80s, Laverne and Shirley. And it came on right after Happy Days, one of the most successful spinoff television shows of all time. It was the most watched TV show for three years in a row. I was telling her one of the characters on the show put Pepsi in her milk. Gross. Oh. Yeah. Well, that that that, uh, that woman, Cindy Williams, she died uh, yesterday. And I think it was that character. Wow. That's know. sad. That was just really, the timing was just like odd. We just happened to be, I mean, seriously, when was the last time anybody's ever talked about the TV show, Laverne and Shirley? We were talking about it yesterday. Coke and, then, and milk. Coke Ugh. and milk. All right, coming up, we're going to be doing What's Hot with Hannah. <laughs> what do you have for us today, Hannah? Remember that story about the escaped leopard? From the, the Dallas, Dallas Zoo? Zoo? Yeah. Yeah, um, there's an update, and it's not good. That's coming up just a few minutes from now. It's What's Hot. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. It's 727. Time for What's Hot with Hannah. I did a story for What's Hot with Hannah a couple weeks ago. It was around the time the uh, Boone County Cougar was on the loose. <laughs> it wasn't stuff Mountain lion. <laughs> there it is. I was rude. <laughs> rude. There is a zoo in Dallas that, like, lost a leopard. Her name was Nova. And they discovered that somebody had cut the fence to Nova's enclosure. And for several hours, they had a leopard on the loose in Dallas because they couldn't find their zoo animal that someone apparently let out. Or they allege that someone let out. Um, now it's happened again. And the Dallas Zoo is missing two monkeys. And they think that someone once again cut the fence. So this is kind of scary. That, right? Because I'm thinking, okay, if you do in a zoo, don't you? Isn't that one of the first rules you make sure that those enclosures are about escape proof, including you make it so that the... Fences just can't be cut by some Joe Blow that shows up with uh, landscaping equipment at the Dallas Zoo. Uh, yeah, I mean, they said that, so zoo officials are saying the two monkeys shouldn't have wandered off very far from their enclosure. So they actually think that whoever might have done this 
actually took the monkeys this time. And what do you do with two monkeys? I mean, honestly. Hey, you want to see my pet monkey? I mean, if you get five of them, you can start a radio show in mid-Missouri. But there you go. With <laughs> two of them. Get them to fill in a guest host. <laughs> the best thing about that uh, that leopard that was... Didn't they find it inside the zoo, but it was like up in a tree the whole time or something like that? Something like that. I don't remember the details. And I just envision knowing cats, that smug attitude of cats like this leopard up in the tree, just watching these people in a panic searching for over the past couple of days. And she's just up there just uh, eating a penguin. (laughs) (laughs) But if somebody is going around cutting the fences on these enclosures, uh, what happens if they cut the fence on like the lions or the tigers or something? That's a little scary. That would be a little harder to uh, detain in Dallas, I would imagine. That's a new kind of terrorism, uh, almost. Let's terrorize people by freaking them out by cutting Lucy's. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Four years ago, Hallie, there were already 10 I Democrats know. running for president on this date four years ago. That's Vaughn Hilliard uh, on MSNBC. He's all hopped up on Mountain Dews and Red Bulls, it sounds like. But he's all hopped up. They've got him on the campaign trail. He's been following Trump around in South Carolina. And the person sitting at the desk says, is, uh, man, you're, why do you get so excited about this? And he's like, because this is what I do. And she said something to the effect, well, isn't it kind of early? And he brought up a really good point. Uh, you know, you think about it, a couple of years ago, four years ago, we had uh, we had 10 people already in this. And right now it's just one. And on the Republican side, it's Trump. There's talk of DeSantis. And I think there was uh, oh, a Republican governor in a northeastern progressive liberal state that's talked about running for president. But he's saying right now it's uh, it's Trump. There was a reporter for The Atlantic. I skimmed through the article, didn't read the entire thing. His, uh, his name is McKay Coppins. And he's talking about some of the murmurs within the Republican Party. And you think about the Republican Party as a whole with the election, the re-election last week of Ron McDaniel as the chair of the RNC. And maybe you don't know kind of how that works, but that's kind of an important function, what the chairperson of the party as a whole does. And there was a lot of distaste for Ron McDaniel. Harmeet Dillon, you see on Fox all the time. She was here on the show. She was running to be uh, chair of the RNC, but they re-elected Ron McDaniel. So a lot of things going on in the Republican Party, but apparently this Atlantic writer says within the Republican Party, there's a lot of folks saying, all right, what do we do about Trump? We love the Trump ideas. We love the make America great again ideas. We love America first. We love all of that. One of the reasons we like Ron DeSantis, for example. But what do we do about Trump? And apparently there's a big collective, we don't know what to do. And there's some of the Republican Party saying, well, what do you mean? What do we do about Trump? And here's what I will say. And I'll go back to 2015. Sorry, Hannah. Uh, Did you hear my eyes roll? Yeah, because every time I feel like because people get triggered if you say something that might be perceived as negative about Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I think context is important here. I got my tail kicked for a long time on this show because I backed Trump in 2015. You should back Cruz. You should back Marco Rubio. Didn't do it. So understand my support of uh, Make America Great Again ideas. Uh, Republicans can love Trump all they want. And we can look at the 2020 election as proof it didn't work because there's other people besides Republicans that are voting. There's a lot of independent, middle-of-the-road people milling around outside of the tents. And that's who Republicans will have to get to win a presidential election. And I just don't think 
listen, we love Trump. But when you start talking about those independents, those people that are just kind of moving around from tent to tent, Trump is not going to get those people. Welcome into the show. Can we start talking about some of our local races? Is it too early? Well, they're saying it's not too early, though, to talk about Trump, but no one wants to be the first one to get in. And so everyone's everyone in Iowa is like sitting around twiddling their thumbs. And a lot of folks were there last year campaign campaigning for other people, but conveniently in Iowa. Um, but, yeah, I think once the first person's out against Trump, we're going to see the floodgates open. But it's really weird. And we talked about I mean, it was weird that he had campaign stuff this last weekend and no one was really talking about it. And so weird that then he even had to talk about it and said hey i know everyone's talking about how like it doesn't seem like i'm really out there but i am and i'm i am angry but well, like, i'm here I'm yeah here. but he doesn't sound angry he doesn't sound like himself he doesn't sound yeah. like trump it's weird and it's because maybe that's one of the things he needs to do but then what do we do like oh it doesn't sound like and i'm guilty of this too i'm like but you're not doing trump go out and do trump i don't care if you listen desantis there's a whole bunch of other people that could take the mantle of what you did and still do that with their ideas you go out and 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 you do your your comedy sets every night man keep doing that because that's what we love by the way coming up one of the reasons i love senator john kennedy is because he's smart and funny uh but what happens when he goes off brand he still nails it We'll get into that 750 probably. Welcome to the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, producer Hannah Bryan. Housworth is here. My name is Brandon Rather. Glad you could be here. So if you're a Chiefs fan, you want to know what this sound is. So that's celebrations. I think we handled our business here in Missouri Sunday night. I don't know that we did anything uber crazy. I know we went out and probably hung from the lamppost and stuff like that. But uh, in Philadelphia, a bunch of fans. You know those uh, those glass bus stops, the plastic bus stop for public bus transit systems? Oh, yeah. They're standing on top of that. Wait, <laughs> in the sound clip you just played, is there a guy in the background saying, told I you told so. you so? Yes. <laughs> Yes, and I'm glad you caught that because I wasn't sure about the quality of the sound. Marsh, did you catch that? I did not. So, and that's the part where it breaks, and then you got some dude in the background. <laughs> Told you. There's a Brandon Rather in every crowd. Told you. Typical guy thing to do. I bet this is the same guy every time he goes to the fridge in the middle of the night to get a glass of water. He looks back at his reflection in the refrigerator and flexes. Like, look at me. I bet. Do you speak from experience? <laughs> no. Or he talks on the radio every day about going to the gym. <laughs> uh, so that's some fan. They just fell through the uh, fell through the top of a bus stop. Which? What did they expect to happen? I told you so. <laughs> I, I don't know. Philadelphia uh, fans. Anybody uh, seen how much any tickets are for the Super Bowl march? Yes, sir. Yeah, what do you got? Uh -oh. <laughs> Bottom end Super Bowl on Ticketmaster this morning as he quickly pulls it up. 6,000. Top end, 25,000. Yes. Each. Have you seen where people are calling for Donna Kelsey to be the one to flip the coin at the beginning of the game? Aww. Isn't that sweet? But then, like, also hard because if she flips it, it's going to favor one versus the other. I don't know that I'd want to do that. Well, she had the uh, the pictures of her yesterday. She had the Siamese jersey on. Yep. And yeah. Half of it was Eagles, half Chiefs. 
By the way, the uh, Joseph Asai, he was the guy in effect that Aww. gave the Packers the ch- or gave the Chiefs, I should say, the chance to go to the Super Bowl. He was the one that nailed Mahomes after he was out of the end zone, fifteen yard penalty, scooted the ball up to where the Chiefs kicked the field goal that sent uh, sent us to the Super Bowl, which you can go to for upwards of twenty five thousand dollars, according to Marsh. Each. Uh, he, so this guy's name is Joseph Asai, and following the game, I want to set this up a little bit. He's got uh, another Bengals player with him, which I thought was really cool. This guy, and I, I think he's a rookie. I could be wrong. Young ball player. I think he's 22 or something 22. like that. So Yeah, he's not very old. Gosh. Uh, so he's got another player standing with him. His name is B.J. Hill, and B.J. Hill is kind of running interference for the guy. And I will tell you, Joseph Asai, he's in tears the whole Aww. time. They they kept showing clips of him on the sideline, like just head in hands. It looked like sobbing. And as excited I was that we won, I was kind of like my yeah. heart was breaking for him. And I they know, just get the camera off of right, it. Right. You know? They kept coming back to him, just sitting there crying. This is him handling his, and I give him points. I give him a lot of points. And I get it. People, well, he's a football player. He makes millions of dollars. He's supposed to come out and talk to the media, but he's also a human being. And I think when you mess up that bad, uh, you, you basically you slingshotted the Chiefs into the Super Bowl. When you mess up that bad, that's hard to deal with as a human being. I would guess I've never I've never tackled Patrick <laughs> Mahomes <laughs> on the sidelines and been penalized 15 yards for it. But he's got a player running interference for him. And he's just sobbing throughout this entire thing. I don't know if you'll be able to hear the sobs, but he's handling his business. That's a good question. Overall, I mean, what it looked like guys were coming up to you on the sideline as you went through that. I mean, what was it like having guys come up and then kind of uh, go? Like I said, it was great knowing that I had my the support of my teammates. And um, I just got to, I got to, like Sam was saying, I got to learn from experience. And um, I got to know not to not to get close to that quarterback when he's close to that sideline. If there's anything that could uh, possibly cause a penalty. So his team had his uh, had his back. And I did, he said, well, I've got the experience now. Ideally, that's one of those you want to know even before you do that. But you're caught up in the game and stuff. I like how he owned it, though. Yeah. And, you know, Columbia Public Schools could take a note <laughs> from that interview. Man. But, yeah, he is 22, well year, he is 22 years old. Yeah. But you know what? You're right about Columbia Public School District. How You know the kind of grace they might get if they said, you know what? And whether it's the test scores, whether it's what they did to little kids during COVID, whether it's poor communication, whether it's taking little kids to an event, whether it's drag performers and they knew it, how how much grace would people be willing to show them? Or the president of the United States of America, you know, be honest with the documents. How much grace would people show this local school district if you come out and said, you know what, we really did communicate poorly there? We're turning over a new leaf. We've got some new leadership. We've made some changes. You know, if you're a parent and you want to show up to the meeting, we'll, we'll happily listen. We'll hear you because it's your kids and your taxpayer dollars in the school district. They mentioned in their statement, too, that there's going to be new legislation coming to kind of, like, I don't know what you would say, like, outline it clearer? The, outline and, the rules clearer? As it relates to election filing. Yes. So this is another thing judge saying in a courtroom yesterday, Columbia Public School District broke the law when they said Chuck Basie could not be on the ballot. They said, well, we have state law. I'm surprised, frankly, it took two hours in that <laughs> hearing yesterday. That was pretty uh, 
pretty cut and dry. Uh-oh. FedEx Jeff. driver. Jeff. Throwing fire. Get out of here, man. Give me a text, 874-9390. says, let's go, Eagles. We oh, see. no. <laughs> we see you. Uh, coming up, by the way, one of our local congressmen, Mark Alford, gave a speech on the <laughs> House floor yesterday. I'm wondering, was it the economy? Is it loosening restrictions on people in the ag industry? What was it? Well, uh, spoiler alert, it was the Chiefs, but definitely worth hearing coming up at 810. Phone number 874-9390. Jim, welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. What is on your mind? Hey, i just excited. I hope we get Chuck there on that uh, school board. It'd be amazing if we can get him in there. But if if uh, if it doesn't happen, I think legislators need to just pass a law that uh, they can nominate one person on the board in in every school district to represent you know to represent to parents yep mm. yep every school board automatically one of the people are appointed by the legislature in every school district jim thank you for the uh, for the phone call so that's what we're anything anything that will help because you have these incredibly uh in my opinion ignorant and arrogant that's a dangerous combination that's exactly what the superintendent of the columbia public school district is uh eric we have a note from a mom who says hey i'm one of the parents that complained he won't meet with that one of the two parents that complained he won't meet with her she sent me the email it's like my gosh man uh consistency one of the things i like about senator john kennedy he's consistently funny and he's got that accent and everything. He is the funniest. He's my fave. Just wraps it all up. Well, what happens when he goes off brand? This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Thousand illegal immigrants trying to cross into our country. We've arrested more than 24,000 criminals. We have seized enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in the entire United States of America. That's Texas Governor Greg Abbott. They are appointing a border czar for their state because the vice president who is in charge of protecting the country, keeping the country safe there at the border, just not uh, doing it. As a matter of fact, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, always like him because he's funny but intelligent at the same time. So what happens when he goes off brand? He's talking to him. He was being asked on Fox yesterday with Jesse Waters. He was asked about Kamala Harris handling of the border and kind of a little different because usually he'll go into like a 30 or 60 second comedy tirade. Oh, yeah. I mean, I you have to wonder, does he have a comedy writer? <laughs> because he's just got like the best one liners. I've seen him live and and the delivery is so good. And a lot of these people, you know, have someone that write their speeches, but does he have a paid professional comedy writer? Probably. Or, I mean, he, or is he just that funny? I, I don't know. I want to know, though. You know, that makes sense, John. Now that I think about it, Steph, because, uh, like, even Fallon and Kimmel, they have they don't write most of their stuff. And I can go, even go to talk. Now, I don't know about, like, and I'm thinking of people like Sean Hannity, who's here today at uh, 2 o'clock on the radio station. Um most of the stuff, like their research and their stuff they do, Sean's not doing that. Sean's at the gym. Sean's getting ready for his his TV show. He's getting ready for his radio. He's, 
he's not doing most of that that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you just show up at like six, right? And you get the script from the writers here. Is that is that how it works? Pretty much. No. So, I mean, but it it makes me think. You know, I went to this uh, speech at the Federal Society Convention a couple years ago in D.C., and it was uh, Tom Cotton, and everyone was kind of like, "Eh, it's going to be kind of boring." But the writing was so good. The delivery by him was amazing. But it was hilarious. But everyone kind of agreed, like, "Yeah, I don't think he wrote this." Um, but it was very good. So next time you see Senator John Kennedy on TV, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to think every time I see Senator Kennedy on on Fox, I'm going to go, Stephanie Bell from Wake Up Mid-Missouri wondered <laughs> aloud one morning if he has a comedy writer. Is Letterman writing your stuff? And if you're listening and you're remotely writing um, Kennedy's stuff from Missouri, give me a call. I want to talk to you. Uh, Senator, he goes a little off brand here. Not so, not quite so funny, but pretty poignant. I know the vice president. I served with her on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, I like the vice president. I do not think she's been a good vice president. Uh, For whatever reason, every time she speaks... She shows us how much she doesn't know. Um, I think she must must do her research on Twitter. Uh, not terribly funny, but pretty accurate, and therefore, I guess, actually, kind of, uh, kind of funny. But he did, and he goes in, he goes like a whole minute. They say, "Okay, um, Mr. Kennedy, what would you do regarding the border?" And he had some really good things. He says, "You know, you come in here for political asylum. We need to do a better job of really rooting out because that's not what they're doing. And if you are coming here for asylum, you stop in a bordering country of where you live. For example, if let's say you're in." Nicaragua, you go to a country around Nicaragua, you don't come up to the United States. And then keeping people in Mexico while their claims are are vetted. And then he said, finally, he says, you know, and it really is that simply. He says, just finish building a wall. So you've got Senator John Kennedy, you've got Greg Abbott. They're just in desperation. What do we do here?